It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special edition of the Lockdown College Football Podcast. We prepare to get you ready for the New Year's Six Bowls, the college football playoff semifinals. As always, I'm your host, Patrick Kahn, Locked On Horns. With me is my man, Big Ten, Ben Stevens of the Lockdown Big Ten Podcast. And with us, as always, Action Network's Colin Wilson going to help us break it down. I just want to take this opportunity to say that Texas is back. Oh, Okay, maybe not. It's still fun. It's still fun. Uh, it, it's funny because as soon as the the game ended on Tuesday night, I was I was already hearing all of it. We go, oh, so Texas is preseason top ten next year. You know, uh, Casey Thompson's going to win the Heisman. You know, we heard it all last night. Uh, but I want to start it off. I'm not going to start with the Big Ten game. I want to start with Alabama and Notre Dame. Colin, tell me why. Notre Dame is not going to be anywhere near covering this game. Well, if anybody's been watching Alabama football this year, uh, I mean, they're eight and three against the spread. It's been hard for anybody to cover against them. And I think when you go back into history about teams that have covered against Nick Saban, especially in the postseason, you have to have a highly efficient, highly explosive offense. You think of Kyler Murray. I mean, Alabama got up 28 points. Kyler Murray had no problem coming back and covering that spread. And, and that's just not what Notre Dame is built to do. And you look at what happened in the Clemson game. How does an undefeated Notre Dame team get into the ACC championship game and look like they do not belong? And the reason was because it wasn't because Trevor Lawrence was passing all over the place. It wasn't because of explosive passing. It was because of Travis Etienne. They absolutely gouged Notre Dame on the ground. Uh, It was a little bit of embarrassment for a team defensively that was top 10 in every single advanced stat you can think of. And it happened early. It happened in first and second down. So if Travis Etienne was the key to that game, who I think averaged 12 yards, uh, 12 yards per carry in the game and, and averaged around six yards after contact. So Notre Dame was getting to him and still could not hold him down. Very uncharacteristic of Notre Dame this season and very really kind of uncharacteristic of Travis Etienne because the Clemson running game to this to that point had been broken. Uh, and also, if you noticed in that game, something we haven't seen from Trevor Lawrence this whole season was his legs. That was a 2019 thing where he ran for almost as many touchdowns as he threw through half the season. And I think that is something Clemson kind of found in tape and, and exposed Notre Dame a little bit on that. Does Notre Dame have the success rate and explosiveness to keep up with Alabama? No. Can they cover an extremely inflated point spread? That's up for debate. I think at 21, you got to start buying, you know, start looking into Notre Dame. But the best bet in this game by far is the under because there's there's been a precedent set here. First off, I do think the Alabama defense is going to have tons of success in shutting down Notre Dame. So you can't really count on Notre Dame to get their points. And if you look at Alabama, if they follow the Clemson model, they're going to run a whole bunch of Najee Harris. And why wouldn't you, with a national championship game still to go, why would Sark, why would Steve Sarkeesian put anything on tape that gives the other team an advantage when it comes to Devonta Smith, John Mechie? And by the way, Jalen Waddle won't play in this game. He could be active for the national championship game. 
I could see a huge rushing attack for Alabama, get up by 21, and then just go into cruise control. And you say, well, is there you know any data to back that up? Yeah. And the 2013 National Championship game, Notre Dame was down 28 to zero at halftime to Nick Saban in Alabama. And instead of, you know, driving the score up, Nick Saban had 22 rushing attempts on 32 plays in the second half. They absolutely went into cruise control after they came out in the second half up four touchdowns. I think we see a lot of the same here. I think it's the Najee Harris show. Uh, I'm taking the under 65 and a half in this game under Notre Dame team total pretty good. I think you're kind of flirting with uh, a real coin flip gambling when it comes to the point spread and Alabama's total number of points, but I can definitely see this going under the total. Patrick Khan, I want to say thank you very much, not only for Texas being back as you so crowned them, but for allowing me to ask Colin Wilson about the college football playoff semifinal that features a Big Ten team. And that would be the third-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes in a re-re-rematch of sorts against the second-ranked team in the country in Clemson in the Sugar Bowl to cap off the New Year's Day night in the CFP semis. Clemson right now, as our friends at betonline.ag see it, a seven-point favorite over Ohio State. That total, around 66 and a half. Colin Wilson, how do you see this game playing out between the Buckeyes and the Tigers? I've made two large bets on the Buckeyes, something I didn't think I would ever say. Let's Uh, go, Colin. Yeah, I I like it at seven and a half. I like it at seven. Uh, I I do make the power rating lower, but that doesn't even matter to me because – There are just things that I see and things that I feel that Ohio State is going to be able to expose Clemson. Now, are they going to be able to beat them outright? Maybe. I think it's a coin flip game. I absolutely think either team has a great shot of winning this. And the reason is because Ohio State has an offense that can absolutely keep up with Clemson. Anything Clemson puts up on the board, Ohio State's going to be able to replicate. And I think their defense is kind of getting a bad name. But if you look at Justin Fields and that Big Ten championship game. He didn't have Chris Olave. And, and between, you know, Olave and Wilson, they, they, they only have those two receivers. They account for 60% of the targets on the season. They'll both be healthy and active in this game. That makes Ohio State. And by the way, let's mention Trey Sermon here, who went absolutely bonkers and averaged nine yards a carry after contact. Nine yards after contact against a Northwestern defense. It was pretty good against the run. We have not seen peak Ohio State this year. Uh, All we've done is sit back and say, they haven't proved anything. They haven't shown us anything. We don't have enough data on it. But nobody said that they stink. And nobody has said that they can't handle the spotlight. This team lost to Clemson last year. Uh, They're going to be highly motivated for this. But I think if you want to get down to the advanced stats, how do you beat Clemson? It's pretty easy. Clemson is 94th in the country and defensively in standard downs explosiveness. They are giving up huge plays and first and second down who's number one in the country and success rate on standard downs, Ohio state, Ohio state's also top 25 in explosiveness and standard downs. And do you want to know why that is? Let's get real deep into this. Yahoo just put out a story about how Ryan day, even as an offensive coordinator for BC has had problems with Brett Venables, ACC coaches are going off the record and saying we're having a problem with Clemson because they steal signs. That's why we sugar huddle sugar huddles where you know, we break out into like the center will go up to the ball, then the line will go up to the ball, then the wider. They're trying not to expose the uh, expose the offensive play. So teams will sugar huddle or go tempo against Clemson to confuse the defense because Brett Venables has a bunch of analysts that steal the plays. And if you watch the Clemson defense, they all stare at the sideline. They get the play from Venables, and they're so good at predicting what the offense does. 
Ryan Day had this problem last year in the first half, did some things with Sugar Hurdle and stuff in the second half to make this a competitive game. Ryan Day's been dealing with this forever, and I think that he and the Ohio State offense is going to be able to disguise. Watch them flow in and out of tempo. Watch them do a sugar huddle. Watch them do everything that they can to confuse Brett Venables to not get a play in before the snap. And then if you look at the other side of the ball, Clemson's offensive coordinator just came down with COVID. He will not be traveling with the team to New Orleans. That just broke like 30 minutes before recording this podcast. Right. And if you know anything about Clemson, it's been a co-offensive coordinator system where Jeff Scott went on to South Florida. Tony Elliott will not be making the trip. I don't know who's calling the plays. Nobody else has called a play for Clemson in years since Chad Morris was there. No one's called a play other than those two names for years for Clemson. I have no clue what their offensive plan is going to be or how they make adjustments in the second half. If you want a precedence on this, you say, well, maybe Tony Elliott can call in a half. Jeff Brom had to sit out a Purdue game this year because of COVID, and they did not allow him access to his brother who was doing the play calls at halftime. I expect a similar ruling by the NCAA. I don't know why they would flip on their decision, which they've already made, but I don't think Tony Elliott's going to have any influence on the offensive game plan. Ohio State is a live dog in this. All right, so don't be scared to put money on Ohio State is what we're hearing from Colin Wilson. But as we do every week, we want your locked on lock of the week. So here, I'm going to do it a little different. I want your locked on lock. Who's playing in the national championship game? Oh, it's going to, it's going to be an Ohio state, Alabama national championship game. And I, as much as I, I don't think anybody can beat Alabama, I, I, I will go out and say that. And I know according to my power ratings, the number should be around four and a half If Ohio state really beats Clemson and makes them look bad. It could be a little bit closer. So uh, it, it's sort of a double-edged sword if you're a Buckeyes fan, right? You want to get to the national championship game, but if you make Clemson look bad, your spread against Alabama is not going to be that big. Uh, frankly, the way Alabama has treated teams with available yards, uh, is there's no defense out there. Georgia's the number one defense. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter with this <laughs> offense. And if they get Jalen Waddle back, it's problems. <laughs> Ohio State absolutely – could maybe the best chance to cover the spread and give Alabama a run, but Alabama is going to beat him in the national championship game. This is why we love Colin Wilson on this show, because he just said Ohio state will play in the national championship game against Alabama. A bet I have with my father, Colin Wilson, by the way, who has sympathies with the Alabama crimson tide. And I said to him, if Ohio state and Bama play, we will have a bet of our own. And that is a guarantee that I am now so happy to hear you think is a realistic possibility after the sugar bowl. Thank you, Colin. No problem. Absolutely. And if you're looking at look ahead lines and if there's some sort of Ohio state, Alabama out there and there's some, for some reason it's double digits, you may want to scoop it before these games take place on January 1st. Oh, there you have it from Colin Wilson of the action network. Appreciate you hopping on each and every week. And uh, hopefully next time we'll be getting ready for a national championship on the locked on college football podcast. Well, are we ready for some football, college football heading into the bowl season? Obviously, we're heading into the college football playoff matchups. Regular season in the NFL is winding down. Playoff picture coming more clear. There's only one place that got you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today, get a free account with betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. 
And as you are hearing here in any game that we discuss for the college football playoff semifinals, for the New Year's Six Bowls, for any other bowl games we might discuss throughout the rest of this episode, we are getting our lines, our spreads, our totals, everything from betonline.ag. We just talked about that whopping number between Notre Dame and Alabama for the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. 20 is what betonline.ag sees it as right now. That is the highest spread, the biggest a team has ever been favored in college football playoff history. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, before we get into any more conversation about the New Year's Six Bowls or, or other bowl games that we're interested in, in uh, discussing, I want to remind you that betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so the the first game I want to talk about, and I'm looking at the BetOnline.ag odds at this moment. We got Georgia, Cincinnati. Georgia favored mm. by a touchdown in this game. I got to feel like Luke Fickle and his group are tired of being disrespected. You go undefeated. You're outside of the New Year's Six Bowl range. Uh, you're having to play a a two loss Georgia football team who was ranked ahead of you for most mm-hmm. of the season. You saw an Oklahoma jump you. Uh, they they got to be tired of being disrespected. So. Plus seven, I'm thinking I might take that because I feel like this football team is going to come out. They're really good defensively, and they're going to want to send a message. Uh, and, and frankly, as we've seen throughout the season, I just can't count on Georgia. In big games, it just seems like those little things that seem to happen that you can overcome in other matchups, they always happen in the big moments of those games, and that's where Georgia falls behind. I don't know if you feel the same way as I do in this bowl game. I absolutely do. I not only would think that Cincinnati is most likely to cover that spread of plus seven as they are the underdog right now, I would take Cincy outright to win this game. I don't think we need to worry about the dogs not being motivated enough to play in this Peach Bowl. It is a New Year's Six Bowl. I think Kirby Smart will have them ready to go. And I think that offense and JT Daniels and his emergence late in the season is a big reason that number is where it is. Georgia favored by seven points. But I think Cincinnati has been consistent and consistently good all year, especially on that defensive side of the ball. And that has not wavered at any point this year. And whatever matchup Cincinnati has played, that defense has stood tall each and every time. Desmond Ritter has evolved on the offensive side of the ball for the Bearcats and Luke Fickle. And I think that defense continues to do what it does. It limits JT Daniels. And I think Cincinnati wins this game and mainly because they have been disrespected each and every step along the way. Georgia, in their two biggest games of the year, yes, they are an 8-2 and two football team who has ended the year on a nice winning streak, but their two biggest games of the year against opponents to the caliber near Cincinnati and Alabama and Florida have looked really bad. 
looked really, really awful. And that Georgia defense, especially in those two games, has not looked up to par where it has been the rest of the year. I think Cincinnati's defense controls the time of possession of this game against Georgia. I like Cincy to cover that seven-point spread for sure. I also would sprinkle on the money line there for the Bearcats as well. I think they win outright in the Peach Bowl on New Year's Day. Yeah, I mean, obviously being in the Peach Bowl is a big deal, but there should have been a higher quality bowl matchup, in my opinion. Uh, and that's when, when I look at it, I, like a Fiesta Bowl. Uh, that's where I yeah. thought maybe they would go instead of the game that we're about to talk about, Iowa State, Oregon. Oregon wasn't even supposed to be here. But, of course, they win the Pac-12 championship. They get in. I, I know. You hate it. And I think – I mean, I know we should reward teams uh, for winning their conference, right? But they weren't even supposed to be in the conference championship game. Right. They wouldn't well, be that's, the that's, that's the whole deal, right? Right. Uh especially where they were ranked. Now, if USC would have won that game, I understand. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Oregon wasn't even supposed to be there. The only reason they were there is that Washington couldn't play. But the team that, that should have been in that championship was Colorado because they had the second best record in the Pac-12. So when I look at that, I'm like, nah, they shouldn't have been there. But they are there, and they're playing Iowa State. And I will tell you, and I think, I don't know if you agree with me, this is the most boring bowl matchup of the entire bowl season. This is the bowl matchup that infuriates me the most. Obviously, I am a Big Ten guy. I have gone on rants about why I think yep. Indiana is deserving of playing in the New Year's Six Bowl. And when I look at this bowl in particular, yes, I get that the Pac-12 champion gets crowned to a New Year's Six Bowl. But Oregon is not a legitimate Pac-12 champion. They are a 4-2 and two football team that played in the game branded as the Pac-12 championship. But it was really just a game against USC. So in this year that has had all these adaptations in the weirdest year of college football ever in 2020, get rid of the Pac-12 champions designation if it is Oregon to the Fiesta Bowl and allow a deserving team like Indiana and I guess you could knock off Coastal now because they lost in their bowl game to Liberty but still that team should have been in Oregon's place and then I could also say the same thing about a three loss Iowa State team and I get it Iowa State has picked up some big wins this year over Texas over Oklahoma but they lost to that very same Sooners team in the Big 12 championship game so I think that kind of nulls that out and they lost to Louisiana early on in the year losses have to be as significant as wins are but as we learned from the college football playoff committee that is not the case this game infuriates me as an Indiana and Big 10 believer because this was really the game Indiana should have been in at least over these two teams so I'm not really happy with this game I think Oregon's rushing defense is suspect I think Brees Hall runs all over him I'm not even really sure what the spread is because I haven't taken the time to look at this game it makes me so mad I would take Iowa State whatever that spread is let's look what are our friends at betonline.ag have it as Patrick Alrighty, we have I see it as three and a half the clones favored by yeah so I'll go with Iowa State I think Iowa State and Brees Hall have a really good offensive outing against an Oregon team that's shouldn't be in this position in the first place. And there's a reason they shouldn't be in this position in the first place. Oregon lost to Cal. Cal has one win in Pac-12 play. It was over Oregon. I mean, I just, yeah, now I'm mad again. Now I got yeah, all mad. Again. I, well, you know, it's interesting about this line, and, and I agree with you 100%. I think Brees Hall is going to run all over this defense. The over-under is only 58 and a half. Yeah. I think I have to smash that over because mm-hmm. I still think that they're going to get there, and I think mostly that's going to come from – Iowa State side. I think they're I think they win this by at least two scores, 10 points. Uh I, I just don't I don't believe in Oregon and after watching them uh in that de facto Pac-12 championship, I'm doing air quotes because it really wasn't uh right. a Pac-12 championship. It, I, and I don't think USC would have fared much better. 
because yeah. honestly, uh, the only thing that I'm curious to see is Thibodeau rushing against Brock Purdy. Because if you mm. put pressure on Brock Purdy, as we saw in the Big 12 championship game, he's going to do bad things. And he did bad things and cost him, cost the team that victory with three interceptions in that game. Uh, so that that was that matchup. But uh, let's uh, let's switch gears. Coming up next, I want to talk a little bit about this return matchup: Texas A&M versus Mac Brown, the man who took them down in their last ever head-to-head matchup. I think that was the Justin Tucker game. Mm, Justin Tucker. There you go. There we go. Got to have a little Texas tie-in here. Uh, we'll 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 discuss that coming up next. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, as we get you ready for the final bowl matchups that we're going to discuss right here on the Lockdown College Football Podcast, taking the place of our man Kevin and Matt Moscona on this episode. Uh, they will be back, uh, but with New Year's coming up, we thought we'd switch it up and we would bring us back since we missed last week because of Christmas, and we hope that you had a great holiday. But I want to remind you that college football coverage does not stop here. Mm-mm. You got to check out the conference shows. My man, Big Ten, Ben Stevens, right there, Locked On Big Ten Podcast. What do you got coming up talking about this week? You're listening to this Locked On College Football final edition of the year 2020 on Locked On Big Ten. It's a full-blown Big Ten Bowl preview where we dive in even a little bit deeper into the college football playoff semifinal between Clemson and Ohio State and the other two great bowl games the Big Ten is featured in this weekend. On New Year's Day, Northwestern and Auburn, and on January 2nd, Indiana and Ole Miss that I'll talk about on this podcast as my Locked On Lock of the Week here in just a few minutes. And always, as I'm going to say, I'm going to uh, plug the Locked On Big 12 podcast. My guy, Joshua Neighbors, Mm -hmm. does a fantastic job where I will be on his show coming up, I believe, at the end of the week. We are going to go over all the bowl matchups with the Big 12. Talk about is Texas back? Uh, We're going to talk about the how everybody went Oklahoma Florida that game uh and then we got that Army West Virginia game coming mm. up, and we're gonna be talking about that here soon uh so let's dive right into it hold on a second Patrick sure. hold on a second you left out our good friend oh. locked on SEC is Chris Gordy who is doing great stuff covering the Southeastern Conference and he most likely will have a lot more to talk about when Alabama for sure advances to the national title game over Notre Dame maybe locked on Big Ten will have some stuff to talk about with Ohio State we don't have a locked on ACC show, but we do have a locked on Clemson show, and Ellis Tolbert does a great job there. So that is what we have on the Locked On Podcast Network's college channel. Absolutely. My apologies, Chris. My apologies. All right. Forget SEC you. just means more. Yeah. It just means more, right? <laughs> uh, let's let's dive into this. Uh, you touched on it a little bit. You brought up that Indiana game, and I know that you are going to make that your locked on lock, but I just want some perspective here. They're going up against an Ole Miss team. Eight and a half is the line in favor of the Hoosiers. Are you still a big believer in Indiana Hoosier magic this season to finish it out uh, with yet another big win? 
more so now than I have ever been, Patrick Khan, because I think Indiana has received the rawest deals of all raw deals you can when it comes to the college football playoff committee, ranking them 11th, putting them behind three, three lost teams, not allowing them to play in a New Year's Six Bowl when they were clearly the second best team in the Big Ten with a six and one record and the only loss coming to Ohio State. And I know their wins weren't, I guess, very, very impressive opponents when all was said and done. But Wisconsin with a win in the Dukes Mayo Bowl above 500, just saying, I think Indiana has received no credit all year long. And how does that end the year with a four and five Ole Miss team in the Outback Bowl in what should have been a New Year's Six Bowl? Tom Allen, the head coach of Indiana, has said all along, earmuffs and blinders, allow your play to come out on the field and do the talking for you. That happens against Lane Kiffin and company in the Outback Bowl on January 2nd, this upcoming Saturday. Do you want me just to get into my locked on lock? Do you want me to do it? Uh, let's hold on. Let's okay. hold on. Um, I, I think I'm with you. I mean, I know we said SEC, it just means more. Mm-mm. I think Tom Allen, who, uh, by the way, received my vote for the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year Award. Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job with right that team. So. I mean, let's let's be honest. Nobody was talking about Indiana football before the season started. I was. Nobody was talking about it. I was. Of course you were, because you're <laughs> locked on Big Ten Ben. And and I understand that why you would, but nobody really was discussing. Well, when they talked to Big Ten, they were like, is Michigan finally going to take a step forward? Is Ryan Day going to hang 100 on Michigan? Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see it, and I think they were going to this year. They would have. Uh, but nobody was talking about Indiana. So I'm interested to see this. And obviously, Lane Kiffin, we know all about him, and that show that he put on against Alabama was fantastic. But I just don't think – I don't think they have enough in this game. And, and, and you meant all the reasons you mentioned, but I'm going to go with coaching. While I think Lane Kiffin is a good coach. I think Tom Allen is a fantastic coach. Uh, so coaching for me, give me Indiana by 10 in this game. Mm. I will go double digits. So they will cover, according to the betonline.ag line, at eight and a half points. All right, let's get into this game because I've been wanting to talk about it. North Carolina, Texas, A&M in the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now here, and this is where I agree with you again, why is North Carolina a three-loss team mm. in the New Year's Six Bowl? I'm not a big fan of it. But what I will say is I'm extremely excited because of the storylines of this game. And mostly because it's Texas A&M. You know, right on the outside, right on the cusp. They thought that they should have been in over Notre Dame. I don't know that I buy that. Nope. I don't think they should. Nope. Uh, but, but what I will say is I'm interested to see how this running team for – Texas A&M does. I mean, don't get me wrong, Spiller is a fantastic running back. How do they do against North Carolina? North Carolina is missing a lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. lot. A lot. But I can't help but think that Mac Brown is going to have this team ready to play. Uh, they are talented. Now, looking at the line, it's A&M seven and a half. Yeah. Do I think, do I think North Carolina is going to win this football game? I would be stupid to say that I do because I don't think they do. Uh, but I do expect that it's going to be a lot closer game because of the style of play that AM does. They're not an explosive offense. They like to slow it down. They like to run the football. Kellen Mond has played better this season than I thought he would. I thought he was a very pedestrian quarterback coming into this season. Right. Uh, he does. He has shown flashes of being that quarterback that everybody expected him to be. Uh, with that being said, I will take North Carolina plus the seven and a half in this game. Uh, but I do expect AM to win this football game. I will say by a field goal. 
Quickly, I will say that I think A&M covers not because of the talent they necessarily have, but because of the talent that North Carolina does not for this orange bowl. Mm-hmm. They are losing Javante Williams and Michael Carter. They're two leading running backs. Their top wide receiver in De'Ami Brown, the top defender in Chaz Surratt. Across the board, Mac Brown's team has had people opt out of this bowl game. Texas A&M's defense was given a gift, and I think they want to make a statement that, oh, we should have been considered for the college football playoff. No, they shouldn't have. Regardless, they will take care of business in the orange bowl. I think they win by two touchdowns. Again, not because I'm overly excited by what I see out of the Aggies, but more so just because UNC is missing so much and so much of their success this year was contributed by the guys that are not playing in this Orange Bowl. Sam Howell is still explosive. They might be able to put up some points against this Texas A&M defense, but they just don't have enough to cover that spread. So I'm taking Texas A&M minus seven and a half. All right, so let's get into it. Locked on, lock of the week. You've already hinted at it. We know where you're going. Yeah. So give us your locked on lock of the week. I gave you the impassioned reason by behind why I think Indiana should not be playing in this Outback Bowl and should be in a New Year's Six Bowl. But let's focus on the X's and O's against this Ole Miss team. Mississippi loves to throw the ball. They have one of the most potent air raid offenses in all of the country, right? Third in total offense at nearly 563 yards per game. Seventh in passing offense in the country at 345 yards per game. Matt Corral can sling it, but he also likes to sling it to the other team. 14 interceptions this season. That was the worst mark in the SEC. Indiana, on the other hand, and defense has been their calling card, especially takeaways, leads the country in interceptions this year. 17 INTs in just seven games for that Hoosiers defense. I think they are able to turn the ball over and keep it out of Matt Corral's hands when he is throwing that ball all across the yard. Mississippi's defense, by the way, also terrible. Seventh last in the entire country. There's only one Power 5 team that ranks behind Mississippi in scoring defense this year. That is the Kansas Jayhawks, which is barely an FBS football team, really. So Ole Miss's defense is bad. Ole Miss's offense, which is its strength, is prone to turning the ball over at times. I think Indiana takes the ball away. I also think Jack Tuttle, who's the backup quarterback in place for Michael Penix Jr., who is missing the rest of the year with a torn ACL, has had more time to get invested in this offense with about a month off leading up to this Outback Bowl. I think he's in more control of that team, and they take advantage of a porous Ole Miss defense. Indiana wins by two touchdowns, hammers that eight-and-a-half-point spread as our friends at betonline.ag see it. And IU proves why they should have been a team playing in the New Year's Six Bowl. I feel like I need to defend the Big 12 with that comment that you made about Kansas, but I won't because it's absolutely correct. Yeah, exactly. Because Kansas is barely an FBS team. They're, they, uh, Kansas is, uh, let's just get the basketball season. That's, that's their mantra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is what they believe. And, uh, I firmly believe that Texas probably would have hung 100 on that defense if they got a chance to play them. Uh, my locked on lock of the week is not going to be any surprise here. My locked on lock, I am taking Iowa State Cyclones that three and a half and like we said but that's not the lock the lock is that Brees hall is going to run for 200 yards and three touchdowns in this game wow that is where i'm going uh because like you said that oregon defense porous it's swiss cheese mm. i mean run right through them uh and i don't i don't even think noah sewell can save them on that back end uh so give me Brees hall 200 yards three touchdowns in that game uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. Always want to thank Colin Wilson from the Action Network. Each and every time that we record, he hops on first segment, helps us get ready with his Locked On Lock of the Week. You heard it, College Football Playoff. My man, Big Ten, Ben Stevens right here. You can check him out, obviously, right here on the Locked On College Football Podcast and Monday through Friday on the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Check my workout, Locked On Horns, Monday through Friday. Periodically, I am on... Locked on Big 12 and the Locked on College Football Podcast. 
That's going to do it for us. Enjoy your football. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.